Hi, this is Pastor Nelson Mercado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast from the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I hope you are blessed by today's message. Lucy and I have uh, the privilege to, um, to be part of our church's family ministry department. And Lucy is the leader of the family ministry. I am her assistant. And so, uh, you know, family, the, the, the issue of families in our church is very important to us as it is to you. In fact, um, uh, over the, the last two and a half years or so that I've been here, uh, I've talked to some of you and you've told me about how important family is and, and perhaps how we, wish we should be focusing and talking more about families in our church. And so it is our desire to do just that. Uh, obviously, as part of, of the family, foundational to the family, is marriage, husband, the husband and the wife. And so uh, today we're going to talk, actually today and next Sabbath, this is a, a, a two-part series on how to have, <clears throat> excuse me, a happy marriage. Now, I, I realize that not all of you who are here are married. Those of you at home, not all of you are married. Um, but it could be that that's something you plan for the future. So, so obviously what the Bible says will be very beneficial for you. And even if you don't plan to be married, I think there are some concepts, biblical concepts, that will help us be better Christians. But also those of you who are married, perhaps, you know, and, and by the way, you know, we are, we're talking to you about this today, not because we're experts in the field. We are in no way marriage counselors. However, we do bring uh, some 30 years of experience and, and, and to be able to talk to you about this with that experience. There are some of you, uh, perhaps, who are watching who may have a lot more experience than we do. But we hope that these, uh, what we're going to talk about, will be a benefit to couples, especially those that may be struggling uh, even in, in, our, in our church. So I invite you to pray with us as we open God's Word. Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to study your Word. And uh, we know that your Word has, is, is beneficial for us. And as we uh, talk about this subject, such an important subject, because uh, we know that Satan is attacking families and attacking marriages, we pray that uh, you'll be clear that you uh, will work through us so that uh, you will be glorified and we and marriages will be edified as well. It is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a, a story of a, um, a married couple who attended a, a marriage seminar. You know, uh, 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 the marriage seminar led by uh, one of these male demagogues that, that is determined to show that the Bible teaches that the husband is in charge, that he is the boss. You know, it was one of those terrible teachings on submission that actually uh, uh, turns women into lowly doormats. And so uh, the husband... He was sitting there listening to everything, and he loved it. He heard everything. He, he, he had never heard anything like that in his entire life. His wife, on the other hand, was sitting there fuming as she listened to hour after hour of this stuff. Well, when they left the meeting, uh, uh, the husband, you know, he felt amazing. He felt drunk with, with fresh power as, he, as they came in and entered the car. And, and so they were driving home, and on their drive home, there was some silence, not much talking. But the husband asked sort of pompously, well, what'd you think? And, you know, she really didn't say anything. So he continued saying, I think it was great. When they arrived at the house, uh, they got out of the car. She followed him into the entrance of the house. Once inside, he slammed the door and said, you stay right there, right there. So there she stood, tight-lipped, and she stared at him. I've been thinking about what that man said today. And I want to let you know that things are going to start changing around here. I want you to know that that's the way it's going to be in this household from now on. You got it? And once he said this, he didn't see her for another two weeks. After the two weeks were, were over, he was able to begin to see just a little bit out of his right eye. 
Now, I'm not promoting violence between, <laughs> between couples, but you know, there is no quicker way of, of disrupting a festive gathering of Christian women than to bring up the subject of submission. Submission. The issue of submission and what it means has really created many misunderstandings on both sides of the aisle, men and, and women, husbands and wife. You know, the woman will say, I have to do what? I have to submit to him? But I'm smarter than him. The husband will say, well, see, I told you. The Bible says that I am the boss, that things are supposed to be done how I say, when I say it, and that's the way it's in my house. Yeah. Uh, while I, this can seem a bit humorous, friends, this is a serious matter. Marriage is a serious matter. It's very important to God. And God uh, created marriage there in the Garden of Eden after creation. Marriage exists to bring a man and a woman together as husband and wife, to, to be the father and mother to any children their union produces, and it's based on the anthropological truth that men and women are created different and complementary. In the biological fact that a reproduction depends upon a man and a woman, and the social reality that children need both a father and a mother, no matter what we hear out there, friends. Because you probably know that, that um, the fabric of a family is being questioned today. That we don't need a mom and a dad anymore. And, and respectfully, I say that's a bunch of baloney. The fabric of a family, you know, the, the children need both a mom and a dad. And, and, of course, family, the family is the fundamental building block of all human civilization. That's a fact, friends. So it should not surprise us that, that Satan is attacking families, that Satan is attacking marriages. Now, anybody who's been, those of you who are married know uh, that if you've been married more than a few years, you know that marriage isn't easy. It isn't easy. In fact, uh, you know, uh, um, probably most of us that, I, that are married wish that uh, the day we got married, we also receive a manual, you know, from the pastor. All right, all right, here's your manual. As long as you follow this manual, you're good. And this is why I, uh, I insist that any couple that I marry must receive premarital counseling because I think it's that important. Um, in fact, it's so important. Uh, and one of the reasons I insist in this is because Lucy and I did not get premarital counseling when we were married. And we, we got married when we were 19. Very young, very immature. Yeah, we thought we knew, we knew everything, but we realized quickly we didn't know much. And had we received marriage by premarital counseling, that would have saved us a whole lot of headaches. A whole lot of headaches. So, you know, because this is important. Because the fact of the matter is, storms will come, and we need to make sure that we're founded on the solid foundation. Uh, you know, today, we are, uh, the, the time that we're living in, many people, many couples come together, uh, not with an understanding of marriage till death do us part. They come to the marriage with the idea, well, if it doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced. No harm, no foul. But that's not what God intended in the beginning. Now, how many of you have heard uh, the statistic that 50% of marriages in, the, in our country end up in divorce? Yeah, a lot of you have heard that statistic. 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Uh, in fact, I, I, I've even heard that even in the church. Uh, we're talking about the Adventist church. Even sometimes this, the percentage is higher. Uh, now, there's a, an article that I ran into in Time magazine that asked that question, the same question. Have you heard that statistic that half of all marriages will end up in divorce? And then they say, it's wrong. It's wrong. Even if that many marriages ended up in divorce at one point, they don't now. This is what they say. They don't now. Divorce is on the decline and has been since the 1980s when this statistic came about. So this statistic that 50% of the marriages end up in divorce is old. In the 80s, that's not true anymore. They go on to say that the statistic actually is less now, is actually 39% in the United States. So it used to be 50%, now it's 39%. Now that's good news, isn't it? 
It would seem like good news. But now, you know, Lucy and I were talking about this, and we, we believe, and maybe you, you can agree with this, that, th- that there's a lot of couples that come together to, to form a family these days, but they do not get married. They just live together, a husband and wife, and do not get married. And so perhaps that's why there's that decline in the percentage. I would submit to you that if every couple that got together as a family to be husband and wife got married, maybe the percentage would indeed be higher than the 50%. Okay? But notice this is the caveat of what this article says. You know, the good news, yes. The, you know, it's not as high as it used to be, it's 39%. But in practice, this does not mean more people are living happily ever after. You know, the Disney stories, right? They got together and they live happily ever after. But that's not a reality anymore. So while Couples, you know, families are choosing to stay together. That doesn't mean that they're happy. Uh, couples oftentimes will say, well, you know, we, we, we're not happy together, but we stay together because of the children. Or maybe we stay together because of the tax benefits. But it's not because they love each other. It's not because they're happy. And friends, this is not what God intended. Not only did God intend uh, for marriages to be till death do us part, but God intended this to be a, a lifelong blessing for them to have lifelong happiness. So, so, so if this is God's intention, it's not surprising that in his word he's provided counsel to have long, happy marriages. But now let me qualify this by saying that just because God's intention is that we have long, happy marriages, it does not mean we're not going to have disagreements between husband and wife. You're going to have disagreements, and dare I say, even fights. We've been married 30 years, and, you know, we've had our share, and so have you, those of you who are married, and you know that's the reality. But just because there's disagreements, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we have to call it quits. No, because, you know, when, when we choose to get married, remember, love is a choice. We must choose to love each other in spite of the differences, in spite of the disagreements, and we have chosen to do everything we can to make each other happy. That's what, God intention, what God's intention is. And so because of this, we want to share with you today and next Sabbath two concepts, two concepts from Scripture that will help us to have happy long marriages. These concepts, the first one we'll talk about today is loving submission. Now, like Nelson said, you know, marriages are not easy, but, you know, we, we, we're here, and we hear that word submission, and maybe coming a little not too, too, too politically correct nowadays, but let's go to see what the Bible says about this. Let's all open our Bibles. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians is a little different, right? We're going to start in chapter 5, but just to give a quick summary of this book, Paul doesn't address any issues with this church. On the contrary, he actually, you know, celebrates their, their, the way they, that God has been using the church people and, and, and the believers and how the faith has continued to grow and the church continues to grow there. So, Paul is actually just celebrating on that first half. But then in the second half, chapter, of, um, starting in chapter 5, it starts talking about relationships and how we should treat one another. And I think, you know, Nelson was reading that article about divorces, and actually in 2020 has actually, I'm pretty sure you've heard, because of all the issues that we have with people being in the same house for a long time, actually divorces have increased even more because of that. And that was kind of sad to see that, okay, your husband and wife are stuck in the house and you end up getting divorced. That's a sad thing. But it's about, again, relationships. It's always about that kind of relationship. So let's, let's just keep a quick review of that. But let's, I want to actually start with um, the, the first verses 19 to 21, where it says that, you know, how, one, how we're supposed to be speaking to each other. Right, we're supposed to be speaking to each other in what? In psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, right? Uh, singing and making melody into, in, in the heart of your Lord. I hope that that's how we're behaving, 
how we talk to each other, and I hope that includes how we treat each other on social media as well, you know? Greeting each other because we don't see each other that often. And then verse 20 says what? Give thanks, um, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So he starts it out with not just a particular group, he's talking to the church here, and what we should do what is submitting. So again, it's not the same definition that we have today. It's a little different back then. Now, um, he then goes and starts talking to particular groups. He's mentioned it as a whole, and now he's going to focus on a particular group. And I want to focus on that verse 22 where it says, what? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, this passage, as you may have known by now, is misunderstood by a lot of people. It's actually... <laughs> People have taken it and, and use it as an excuse to abuse as well. And taking this as well, and poor Paul has taken a bad rap for it. Oh, you know, Paul wrote this. He just doesn't like women. He is a bigot. He's the sexist. You name it, he was that. Or some people say, well, no, no, he's not that. He is an apostle. He's a man of God. He, he was just talking to people based on his own time. That's not the time we have today. It's not for us. Different time. But, brothers and sisters, to say that is saying that Scripture has a time frame. So if Paul is addressing something and it's in the Bible, and we're saying, no, it's based on the people of his time, then we're saying anything that's there is based on time frames. Is that fair or right? No, Scripture is for then, and it's for now today. So we have to look at that and understand what is Paul saying to us. And I guess what I want to probably say is, Let's take the word submission that you guys have in your mind right now, the definition, and let's put it on aside. Because I'm going to give you a new definition for submission. And it's going to become weird for it for a while, but I think you'll understand it. Now, you know, when I look up the definition of submission or what it meant in the, in the, in the Greek, it's a little difficult. Well, I'll give it to you and see what you tell me. Now, it comes from the word, Nelson, I need your help with this one. Upostasso. Upostasso. I'm not Greek, so that's not going to come out. It is defined as to place or rank under, to subject, or to obey. That doesn't sound too nice, does it? But let's keep this in mind, that submission does not mean that you're inferior or you're a slave, or somebody's over you. That is not what submission means. Because as you know, Paul had just talked about how we're supposed to what? Treat each other. And, and when we read the Bible, at no time does it say that we're supposed to you know, mistreat other people, or that some people are above others, as far as being authoritarian, or inferior, or superior. In God's eyes, we're not like that. So that is not what it's actually meaning in here. This kind of submission is actually a kind of being equal. And you're going to say how, how you're saying that is you are voluntarily, we as wives are voluntarily submitting to what our husband uh, is, is to our husbands because... We're doing it as to the Lord. We are, the submission here is because of what God, how God has placed the husband for us. So this submission is something that we need to really look into. And that's what we want to discuss is, how, what, okay, God made my husband the, the head of the house. How and why? God made that, and he explains it to us in a kind of relationship. So we need to see why I have to, or we should submit. Well, obviously, you know, when we think about this concept of submission, this is not something that is politically correct today. Um, even perhaps with, from some Christians, maybe you're, you ladies are, you know, inside, you know, I don't like this. Uh, but again, the, 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 uh, I think the, the reason we feel uncomfortable with this 
uh, word of submission is because we automatically associate it with being inferior. And biblically speaking, it is not something that is inferior. As we said, it is a, the submission that it's talking about here is a submission that can only happen between equals. Now, the reason, the reason Paul is given here for wives to submit to the husband is because what God has done for the, for the husband. Look, notice verse 23. Because this is part of his divine plan. For the husband is head of the wife. And as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the uh, savior of the body. And so notice what Paul's saying. The reason uh, wives are to submit to the husband is because uh, God made the husbands head of the wife, as Jesus is the head of the church. Now maybe some of you males or husbands are thinking, all right, see, it's there in the Bible. If it says that, that I am the head, that means that I am the boss. And again, that's the, uh, uh, the mentality that we a lot of times bring to this. And I've had over the years conversations with people. Well, it's in the Bible. The Bible says the husband is the boss. That means that things are supposed to be done as he says and how he says it and when he says it. But this is doesn't, doesn't, it's not the concept of headship that Paul is talking about. Notice he says, again, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. So Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the leader of the church, is he not? Mm -hmm. This is not an, an argument here. We understand that. But God has made husbands leaders of the wife or, or, or of the household in the same way as Jesus is the head of the church. Now, would you imagine Jesus saying, well, I'm Jesus, I'm God. You're supposed to do what I say, how I say, and when I say it. Now, now of course, he's God. That's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're supposed to obey him. But he will not do it that way, wouldn't he? That's not the character that Jesus has over, the, over those of us, part of his church, his body. In fact, um, it says that he is the savior of the body, the body, of course, being the church. This word savior, it's interesting, you know, we, we, we think about he's saving us from our sin. But in this context, the way Paul is using it is this word savior means preserver. He is our preserver. God, Jesus preserves us, the body. And so the husbands, notice the husband, this concept of headship does not mean that I am the boss necessarily. But the concept of headship means that I am the wife preserver. I am to preserve her. And so as head, think about this, as head, I am to love, care, and guide my wife because I am her head, the head of the wife. As preserver, I am there to protect her, to provide for her, and to care for her. This is what this concept of headship means. And because God has given us that responsibility, that's why Paul says then wives are to submit to the husbands. So it really starts with us, the husbands. God has given us a responsibility to really be imitators of Jesus. The way Jesus treats his church is the way that husbands are to treat their wives. And because of that, now they are to submit to the husband. So the logical uh, uh, conclusion we can come with, if, if I don't relate to my wife as Jesus relates to the church, maybe she shouldn't submit to me. And we'll talk more about that next week. But notice, the headship of the husband consists in his ability and responsibility to care for his wife. So again, if you thought that being the head means that you're the boss, in the context of what Paul is saying, that's not true. It's about us loving, caring. In the same way that Christ cares for his church, we are to care for our wives. Uh, the, the husbands, God has given us a responsibility to lead, to provide, to care for, and your, husband, uh, your wife and the household, that is our responsibility, and this is what the concept of headship means. And, and to think about that, as wives, that responsibility our husband has, he has, he's held accountable to God for. So that is his responsibility, but we have to also think about, if my husband has that responsibility before God to love me, to protect me, to, to preserve me and, my, my, and our children, you know, what is then my role then as well? But you know what? Like he was just saying, when, when people read this, isn't it sometimes sad that the husbands don't do that? They sometimes fail, have failed on this. And then wives have to 
you know, take on that role. It's not intent to be, but sometimes we have to. And it all depends on the circumstances. Sometimes you are left to be a single parent to do that. Or it could be that your husband is not doing the right he should be doing. He's not a godly man or a man that takes his responsibility serious, and then you end up having to take on that role, which is not what we're supposed to be doing. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're, our loyalty first comes to God. Our loyalty is to God. And if our husbands are not loyal to God, we can't be loyal to our husbands to a certain degree. So we need to be very careful where our loyalty is. So this submission is not just for us to be doormats or, you know, oh, okay, whatever he says goes. Think of what, when, 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 when your husband is not a godly man, the decisions there, well, they might not always be the right thing. So you have to be very careful. And that's one of the reasons the Lord doesn't want us to join together with somebody that is not a believer. As, a, as those of you who are single today, think about that, because it becomes very hard to follow these principles and, and for us as wives or women to submit if our husbands are not following God. So keep that in mind. And like in our Sabbath school was mentioned earlier, we can't change anyone. We barely can change ourselves. So don't think that because this, un, this un, you know, unfaithful person or not faithful, unbeliever is going to change because you're going to change that person through your love. If, if love can change that way, many things could have been changed by now. This world wouldn't be the way it is today, but it's not what it's meant for. So what does this, um, you know, the, so the submission uh, is for that. And think of how God is. When Jesus came, who he, he what? He submitted himself to God the Father. But he was what? Equal to God the Father. So Again, that concept of submission is not that Nelson or, or me and my husband, he's superior to me. He's taller than me, but he's not superior. But I am not inferior, and I'm not to also boss him around. I am to be his helper um, and to be there for him in, 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 in submitting to him and making our house peaceful. So that's where we go into verse 24 then, right? Because there's some, that last piece for the wives, because it says, why, right, on 24, because he's the head. Therefore, just as the church, us as a church, we are subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So what does this look like? Well, you know, um, it's interesting that it says in everything. It doesn't say in some things. Um, obviously, this, uh, if, if you leave today remembering just one thing you need to remember again what lucy said is that submission does not imply being inferior that's the that's the definition that is commonly given out there but it isn't what the bible teaches it only happens between equals and our example is jesus because he was again uh, in, uh submitted to the god the father and yet being equal okay um Again, what does this look like? Because it's easy to talk about, but what, what, what does this submission look like? Now, uh, Lucy said something important, and, and, we're, and the example that we're going to give you, mind you, is not a perfect example, but in this example, we are, we are parting from the premise that we are both believers, obviously, that we're both God-fearing, that we want to please God in everything, and that in this case, uh, Lucy has made the decision that she's going to follow the counsels of Scripture and submit to the husband in everything. This is the, we're parting from that premise. I am a godly husband, and so she's, she's made that decision. So we're going to use this example. And by the way, this example has 10 steps, and I'll, I'll name them. Um, and it's, it's based on buying a house. So this is basically the example. Again, not perfect, but again, I think it'll give you an idea what this submission from Lucy's, the wife part, uh, means. So, after the, the, the first step in, in this uh, example is initiative. That's step number one, initiative. I am the husband, I'm the leader of the house, so I'm taking the initiative. Now, after I have uh, uh, thought about the needs of the family, I come to Lucy and I say, Lucy, I think 
we should sell our house and buy a new one. Now, notice that I didn't say, Lucy, I'm going to sell the house, period, like the decision's already made. And I also didn't say, Lucy, I think we should sell the house, and I think we're going to buy a new one without including her. No? So I said, I, I think we should sell the house and buy a new one, because when we are married, it's not about me. Even though... Technically, you are the head. It doesn't mean that you make the decisions without counting on your spouse. In, in marriage, this is about us. And so, Lucy, I think we should sell the house and buy a new one. So that's the first step, initiative. I have taken the initiative. The second step is explanation. I need to explain myself. So, Lucy, I think we should sell the house and buy a new one. And this is the reason why. A, B, C, and D. So I'm, I am telling Lucy, because I've thought about this, right? This is why I had the initiative and brought it up to her. I have my reasons why I think we should sell the house. So I have explained that to her. And then we move on to the third step, which is invitation. This is where I am inviting her. So Lucy, I think we should sell the house and buy a new one. This is the reasons why, A, B, C, D. But what do you think? So then, step four would be gratitude. And the gratitude here is um, showing gratitude to your husband that he has taken your, he's asking for your opinion. He's taking you into consideration. He just didn't make this decision out of blue, out of the blue and telling you, hey, we're gonna do this. It's, hey, I think this is right, gives you the reasons, and then wants your opinion about it. And how I show that gratitude is more of a respect to him and saying, well, Nelson, it looks like you've really thought about all this, and I thank you for bringing it to my attention. I appreciate you doing this for me and, and asking for my opinion as well. So there I'm showing him, I thank him because I acknowledge his leadership, and I thank him for giving me the opportunity, you know, for coming to, for, to me and asking for my opinion as well. I, I will say this much. Um, it doesn't mean that, because so I, I think some of you are saying, well, that that's, seems like in a perfect world, but you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do that, 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 that the wife in this case has to do that in every situation. But, but think about this, there, there are, uh, in, in a marriage, there are big decisions that are often made. And, and of course, in this case, buying a house and selling, and selling your house and buying a new one is, is a big decision. W one thing that us uh, uh, men will probably agree, especially those who are married, is that we do value what our wife thinks about us. And so the, the, this, the issue of gratitude and like acknowledging your husband is very important to your husband. I, I know it's very important to me. What Lucy thinks about me is very important. So when she acknowledges me uh, uh, and, and shows that, that, she, that respect through her words, it's a big, it's a big boost to my self-confidence. Uh, and so, but again, now, uh, the issue here, because part of the, the example is that she's, dis she's going to disagree with me. So notice that just because she's going to disagree doesn't mean that she doesn't thank me, or she's acknowledging me, my initiative. And that's one of the things is you still acknowledge the leadership, you still acknowledge your husband with respect. You can always disagree with them and have your own opinions, but you don't have to be disrespectful. And I think sometimes that's where we might fail. We, we, we let the emotions get in and we go straight to something else without really taking the step back and saying, hold on, he came to me, he's already thought about this, he's been thinking about this, and he wants to. But then because of this, then he's going to, he's asked me for my opinion, I've asked, thanked him for it, so my next step is going to be the listening part, which actually be my husband. He's going now to listen to my opinion. Uh, he's not just going to say, oh, I did, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to buy the house. What do you want? What do you think? And then just going to shut his ears and not think and not listen to me. He's actually listening to me. And here, whether is where we will say, yes, you know what? I do agree with you. Let's go buy the house. Or sometimes, right, a lot of times, we may not agree with this decision for whatever reasons. And this is the where then we'll tell them, hey, you know, um, I'm sorry but I don't agree with your decision. I thank you for coming, but I don't see why we should move. And this is why I don't think we should move. And then I'll give him my reasons, the A, B, C, and Ds that happened. But he's hearing my decision. So he had those 
but now he's listening to me as well. And so, you know, I am not listening to Lucy. Uh, it's not a platitude uh, of just for her to feel good. The reason I am uh, asking her opinion is because I value her opinion. In fact, you know, we've been married long enough to know, uh, at least for me to know, that, that Lucy has an uncommon wisdom, okay? And that, you know, a lot of times she may have saved me from, from headaches. So th I have a good reason why to ask Lucy uh, uh, for her opinion. But, but obviously, this is what God's will is for marriages, right? You develop that close relationship. You trust one another. And so it's not from, for us to, as husbands to make unilateral decisions, but you need to depend upon her and ask her. Now, in this case, Lucy has told me her reasons. So I gave her my reasons why I think we should sell the house and buy another one. Now I invited her to, give me her, to tell me what she thinks, and she's given me her reasons why she disagrees. Okay, so now, remember, I initiated this, so I believe that this is a good idea, that we should sell the house and buy a new one. So now I'm going to interact with what she told me, right? And I'm, go I'm going to persuade her, which is the sixth step, persuasion in this case. I am going to try to persuade her to come to the dark side, as it were. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to ignore what she said, but, you know, I'm going to try to use what she said and then present what I believe to sort of maybe convince her, well, maybe your reasons are not good enough. And so to hopefully convince her that we should sell the house and buy a new one. But now, in this case, no matter what my persuasive tactics were, I still didn't convince her. Okay, so I had given her my reasons, she gave me hers, I tried to persuade her, but it didn't work. Okay, so where are we right now? Should, should I, as a husband, well, I am the head, you disagree with me, we're just going to do what I want. That's not what we should do, right? You know, one thing that I have learned the hard way is that anything you do in a rush, you're going to mess up. Sometimes we are so uh, uh, um, gung-ho about, about doing something that we don't spend time thinking about it. And then, you know, we, we, we buy the car, or we buy this, or we do that, and then we, we regret it later on. And so it's important for us to wait. So in this case, Lucy and I have disagreed on this. And really, uh, as a couple, you really shouldn't do Anything that you strongly disagree on, you know, if we're not in total agreement on this, it's not going to work. And, and, and one example that I can give you uh, initially is th this whole pastor thing. Mm -hmm. You remember, I've told you this before, I wanted to be a pastor. I thought God was calling me to be a pastor. But Lucy said, I didn't marry a pastor. I, this is not for me. I, I just don't. And she had her reasons, her good reasons why. So I did not pursue this because this was not going to work if my wife was not on board. And so, this leads to the next step, which is patience. Patience. So, in this case, Lucy still disagrees with me. So, there should be a reasonable period of time when we, you know, and, and by the way, this period of time can vary depending on the situation. It could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months. But during that time, you, you, you spend time in prayer. You spend time in discussing further, in consultation, trying to find a happy medium and compromise. And so we go on and do it that way. And after that time period, then Lucy? Then will be, eventually there has to be a decision made, right? So it's going to be uh, acceptance. Now at this time, we have not agreed on anything. So we're just going to accept Nelson's leadership and I'm going to submit then to his will. And this is because we've been praying about it. And we have, I have accepted it. And that will lead me then to support him on nine. So, you know, it, it sounds pretty easy and it's not, in case you think it is. It sounds, you know, it's, it's not an, an easy step. But when you are putting things in prayer, and that's the period of that patient peace, as a, as a wife, you want to start asking God, God, if this is what you want, then one of the things that I know that I do is I say, Lord, put peace in my heart so that I know that this is what you want. I'm not, I'm not too happy about it, but if Nelson feels strong enough about this, I'm going to accept it because I know that you are leading him 
and I'm going to accept that. So did you see when it's a godly man, you can accept that and you submit your will because I'm doing this voluntarily. I am going to support him. And that means I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say, Nelson, listen, I, you know, I still don't agree, but you know what? I believe God is leading you. And I think that you have, you know, that we should then do what you want us to do to go ahead and sell the house. And I'll support you no matter what. Just tell me what you want me to do. That will build up his self-esteem as well. He knows that even if buying this house fails, I'm not going to go after him because he sees that I'm wanting this for both of us. I am supporting him. Um, and I'm not going to sabotage it as well. Keep that in mind. You know, don't be passive aggressive. In one way, say yes, and then in the other way, say no. Go to a friend and say, I can't believe he's making me do this. You know, support your husband. And that's because you respect him. And that respect comes with that relationship between the two of you and God. Because the first thing I think, we, we've, one thing I know that we have done is always have God in, in our home to always pray about those decisions that we have to make. And like he mentioned, because some of you might not know this, he will, well, wait a minute, you just said, Lucy said doesn't want to be a pastor's wife, but here I am being a pastor's wife. God changed her. <laughs> God changed me. And God put that in my heart. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't regret at all being a pastor's wife today. I love it because I see the blessings that God is giving us. But that is something that God does in our hearts, and that is what happens when you have a relationship with God, and in turn, to have that relationship with your husband, and you trust him because you know that you both love God and you have a relationship with God and then with one another. You know, I, I, uh, you know obviously I'm not a wife, but I can, I can tell and I can imagine that this is where many of the wives will probably have a problem with. The part, what she just said. In other words, we didn't agree. We spent some time in, in prayer and, and trying to find a happy medium, but we didn't find one. And so, as she said, a decision has to be made. And in this case, because she's made a decision that she's going to follow what the Bible says in this regard, wives submit to your husbands, that's to the Lord, she's decided, well, I don't agree with it, but I'm submitting to his leadership. Right, so she 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 values she accepts my judgment on the matter, and she's decided. Well, even in spite of the fact that I don't agree with it, we're going to go along with it because you're the leader, and I value and I accept your leadership. And again, it's not to to be mopey around. Oh, I gotta you know accept the leadership and move on. But no, she's decided to do that. But now, now husbands are probably thinking, all right, Pastor, you got your way. So in this case. Because she's accepted my leadership, in spite of the fact that she didn't agree, we'll go ahead and do it. So we sell the house and buy a new one, okay? After some time, this leads us to the 10th step, which is review. After uh, some time, we need to think about, all right, was this a good idea? This this work out? Now, if it turns out that it was a good idea that, that, that we would sell the house and buy a new one and it all worked out, then Lucy should acknowledge that, okay? She should acknowledge, you know, Nelson, this was a, a good idea. I'm glad you thought about it. I'm glad that, you know, you, you, know, uh, uh, you didn't necessarily uh, agree with what I had to say, but you went, we went ahead and did this, and it's been a blessing. Thank you. But what about if it isn't? What about if it wasn't a good idea? Well, then, then I need to acknowledge that, right? After some review, oh, really, Lucy, we really messed up here. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I should have listened to what you told me. I'm sorry that I that we you know I got us into this situation. Um, you know, please forgive me. But remember, this is our situation now. Just because the decision that I made or, or that I thought and she went along with didn't turn out, that doesn't mean that she should adopt the attitude. Well, I told you so, and I'm not going to listen to you anymore because you, I messed up in this situation. You see again. Making that decision of submitting to your husband's ask to the Lord is not a one-time deal, as if testing. Well, I'll submit to him one time. If it doesn't work out, that means I don't have to anymore. No, this is a decision that she has made till death do us part. It's part of our marriage. And so, you know, this time around I messed up, but this is our situation. So now we both have to work together into trying to resolve the problem because, after all, 
we are both in this together. If I bought the house and bought a new, and bought a, uh, sold the house and bought a new one and it didn't work out, it still affects her. And so she's not out of it. We need to work together in this. And so notice again that, uh, again, I, I, we acknowledge that this may be different. This may be hard for some of you. But this is in that, in, in that context of what Paul is saying. This is what submission means, in, in, you know, the wives to the husbands. And this is something I wish I had known when I got married at 19, by the way. It's not easy um, when you have two strong-willed per- people um, together and not being told what is the biblical sense, what does this really mean. So I praise God that he intervened in, my, in our marriage and has helped us throughout these years. Like Nelson said, you know, it's 30 plus years now, soon be turning 31. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> but God has blessed us. And as we have studied his word, we've come up to this wonderful truth. You know, we talked, Nelson said about that manual when you first get married. We do have the manual. It's right here. It's the word of God. And when we study it, we see that. And when we understand what God means when he's saying about submission, it's not that we're going to be a doormat or we're going to say yes to everything our husband says. It's we uh, have our own mind. We have our own opinion. You know, the Bible says that we become one, but that doesn't mean that I stop having my own brain and thinking on my own. So it is important for me to give him a, it, it, my opinion. So when I submit to him that attitude, it's very, it's more like supporting him, if you think about it. Submission and supporting. I submit to my husband's will because I know he loves me. And I know he wants the best for me and for my children, for our home. He wants the best. So I want to do that. I want to support him. I choose to submit. He's not making me submit. And I think that's where a lot of the abuses come from. When husbands, like in your example, your story, he said, from now on, this is how it's going to go. That's not what the Lord wants from us. That's not, he doesn't even ask that from us. We submit to Christ, don't we? We choose to submit to him and his authority because he is our God. He loves us. He gave his life for us. I then, in turn, through his word, am told, then you submit yourself to your husband. Just like you submit to Christ. And that's what we need to do is to have that support. And, like I said, is to provide also to be a helper so how can I help him if I'm being submissive? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's being there for him at times and giving him and respecting him. At, at the same time, I, I, you know, there's something here that I love where it says, when your husband knows that you have accepted his leadership and accepted his opinion, and that in turn gives him self-esteem. For man, respect is very important. You know, women, we love to be loved and hugged and, 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 and be supported that way. Men need respect. And the respect from you as a wife is very important for them. And he needs to feel, like in the case we just showed you, okay, the house didn't go through it, or we got the worst house in the block, you know, the one that keeps falling apart on things. is the worst situation, right? He needs to know that it's okay to fail, that he can come to me, that I'm not going to scorn him, I'm not going to belittle him, I am still going to support him. Okay, so it broke, let's fix it. You know, be there for your husband. Respect him. And as he says that, then he can feel free to come to us again and ask for our opinion. Because he knows that he can come to us with his fears, with all that he has, that he can feel that he can make decisions for the family because he knows that I have his back. That's what we're supposed to be, to be supportive of him. That I'm not going to reject him, I'm not going to ridicule him, I am not going to be here just to be snagging at him and saying, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. You should have listened to me. That is not. And when our husbands feel respected and have self-respect for themselves, and we have accomplished that, Isn't that a peaceful home then? That is what God wants. Then we have a little slice of what we call biblical heaven or, you know, a home that represents heaven because we've made our marriage what God wants us. That's why he he references a lot the relationship with him in marriage, the church, to a bride. That's That's the reason why we do this. It's because 
when we see God and, and his word and practice uh, what he tells us to do, it all comes out of love. When you love God, you submit to him. You love my, I love my husband. I submit to his will. He loves me in return and respects me and comes to me for my opinion. He values my opinion as well because if I don't give him my opinion, if I don't, ha- if I don't support him, really it might be then the helper that God has intended me as his wife to be. That is my role, to be his helper, his support, while God gave him the role to lead the home. And we both are going to be accountable to God for that. So we need to remember that. And when we do that, our homes will be a peaceful home, and our children will see that as well. Now, I wish we had always done this, but you know, <laughs> God is patient with us, and he has shown us, and, he, we, and we're still working on many things uh, we don't have the perfect marriage. If anyone has that, please let me know and give us the tips for that. You guys can speak. <laughs> but we, ask, we thank God because he gives us his word, and in his word he gives us the instructions on how to be better wives and by submitting and understanding that it might not be socially acceptable because of the way society thinks submission is. I'm not submitting to my husband because he is, you know, like I said, superior to me. I'm submitting to my husband because I choose to, because I love him, I respect him, and I know that he loves me and respects me as well. That's why I choose submission. And, and you know, uh, it, ju- just because you're submitting doesn't mean that you think you're weak or that you're weaker. Um, I, I would submit to you that a woman, uh, a wife that submits to her husband is a woman that is strong in character because she's doing it voluntarily. Just remember, it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, right? And so, really, uh, your, your, your wife should see uh, uh, um, in, in her relationship with her husband sort of a reflection of her relationship with God. She submits to God out of love and, and obeys him in that sense, and that's the choice she has made. So, again, one side of this. Wives, submit to your husband, ask to the Lord. That is loving submission. Loving submission. Now, obviously, there are two sides on this. God, Paul has counsel for what, how the wives are supposed to relate to the husbands. Where, what is the role of the husband in this case? And this is what we'll talk about next week when we talk about the second component of, 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 this, um, of these advices to make our, 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 our marriages happy, and that is loving like Christ, loving like Christ. And so I hope you can tune on next week. We'll talk about this part, loving like Christ. Loving Father, we thank you again for uh, the time that we've spent with you. Thank you for the opportunity to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to study. And thank you for speaking to us this morning on this subject that is important for our society today, Lord. And I pray that uh, what you have shared through your word may be of benefit to all those that have heard it. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and your mercy and your love toward us. We praise you and we look forward to next Sabbath. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you're ever in the Nashville area, come and visit us at the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're located at 2800 Blair Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. You may also visit us at nfsda.org.